Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Jocelyn. How's it going? It's going pretty good. How about you? Well, you know what? We're fresh off a new Spider-Man trailer. Uh, They just revealed that Spider-Man will be coming to uh, Avengers PlayStation 4. Um, I don't think there's any other Spider-Man trailer we need to talk about. I think it's really just about Square Enix adding Spider-Man to Avengers um, PlayStation consoles. So I'm not missing anything. I I don't think we missed anything. So we're good. (laughs) All right, then. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think that um, that we're kind of like... And we actually talked about this on the instance last week. Um, there's so much content coming out for video games that isn't like video games, <laughs> like so many trailers for movies, so many TV shows. There's just, oh man, there's so much video game related content going on right now. And I mean, that doesn't even count like all the books and stuff that are kind of supplemental material for a lot of these franchises. So yeah, it's kind of a good time to be a video game fan. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And I'm joking, of course, they just revealed another trailer for the new Spider-Man movie, but um it, it is interesting to see like how much they're running on on all cylinders of of just putting Spider-Man into into everything and it is kind of weird to see like Spider-Man be added to Avengers and be like, "Huh, I was kind of expecting more since you kind of locked it to a specific platform." Um but it, it it is literally just they're adding Spider-Man to Avengers and and there's going to be some story stuff and, and 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 it looks like Spider-Man and uh but yeah I guess I was just expecting a little more but you're right it it is really interesting to see how video game companies continue to uh both bring properties into the games but also like take the properties out and try them in different mediums and I think some do it better than others of course mm-hmm. Um, I think Marvel has had like a better track record lately than over the course of its entire history with when it comes to video games. I mean, that can be said they've really improved. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a really interesting thing to watch. And obviously, when when he does get added to Avengers, I'll I'll talk about it about it here. But uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But um, we thought we'd like kick off the show on that note, like basically talking about um this netflix series and i don't know i never watched the other one the dota one but you know for some reason this legal oh i didn't even know that there was a dota one (laughs) yeah yeah there is a dota one and it it was uh, well reviewed. which i'm kind of i'm sure that it was it's just i guess i find it hard to kind of wrap my head around like dota lore more so than league of legends only because and i mean obviously Within like sci-fi and fantasy, there's a gajillion tropes and everybody borrows from everybody else. But Dota specifically like built its game on like Blizzard's assets, right? (laughs) So it's the kind of thing where I'm just like, how much lore do you have? Like, is your lore just like different names for blizzard characters like i'm sure it's probably more than that because obviously dota's been around forever now and they're they're moved way past you know being a a blizzard mod but like i don't know i just i i I raise my eyebrow a little bit when they say they have lore but i believe it so much more out of league of legends i don't know why (laughs) like well i do know why but yeah Yeah. (laughs) i didn't even know that there was like 
the the Dota show. And is it on Netflix too? Like it's also it just, on Netflix. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Like I heard not a peep about that. I did not know that was a thing. But like everyone is talking about Arcane. Everyone. I feel. Um. I feel like Dota has to have its own lore for legal reasons, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and I, I have not watched the. Uh, I think this is going to sound uh, when it comes to animation, like it's going to sound uh, superficial. But basically, I think when you put the shows, you know, together, you have uh, Dota, which is like a like a more um, standard uh, Americanized anime take. I could be completely wrong. I'm no like animation connoisseur. But uh, when I look at it, I see like, okay, this looks like a more of a traditional uh, anime show, whereas Arcane is more of an, uh, gosh, I, I hesitate to say like an artistic approach, but more like, it's like a 3D paintery look. They kind of put more style into it, I guess. Um, I can't speak to story when it comes to the Dota thing, but I think Arcane also has like... Um, They've done quite a bit with, I don't know anything about League of Legends. I know that's a game I probably don't want to play. Um, but, uh, and and that's just more on me. Like, I'm not good at, at complex MOBAs. But I think, like, the story that they portray, and we're only going to talk about the first three episodes, because um, that's all we've had a chance to watch. But I think the story they portray in this, like, really contained arc, um, they do a lot with it, with with what I know to be, like, I recognize that character. It's one of the popular characters in in the game, which is uh, Jinx. Uh, but I don't know anything more than that, you know? So it's really interesting to see this backstory and you kind of think to yourself, like, wh- where they really, like, expanded upon um, what I assumed, what I assumed was just like a paragraph of text <laughs> that displays on the character select screen. And that's really naive of me to say, again, as, as someone who's not played, but I can picture like a MOBA character selection and you can picture that text, you know, right Mm -hmm. beside it, like the codex entry. Um, I think that they've done, they've done a lot of fleshing out of their lore through Runeterra. Um, So like there is a lot more to it now, but I'm, I'm with you. Like I don't play League of Legends a lot. I didn't kind of realize that there was a, a larger lore to all of their characters. So it's been really interesting to see like the world building or I guess for me, an introduction to the world that they've built. And uh, yeah, I found it really, really entertaining and like surprisingly so. I wasn't expecting to like it. And I think the biggest surprise to me is that people like you and I, who aren't necessarily huge anime fans, who are not fans of League of Legends and, and don't really know any of these characters with any sort of depth, were pulled in by this series and really enjoyed the the first three episode arc. And I think because they've chosen to do this like three episode arc, like um, so we're getting three episodes every Saturday. And I think it's every Saturday. Um, basically, um, each three episode arc is part of a grander whole of a first season, but also at the same time kind of self-contained. Like they have a beginning, a middle and end and they they take it places like and we're going to talk a little bit of spoilers here. Um, so if you haven't seen the first three episodes, maybe, you know, skip ahead again. Ryan always timestamps me because I always spoil crap. But <laughs> here um, yeah, here we go. It's happening. Um, but yeah, I think um, I wasn't aware like because I'm completely unaware of League of Legends lore. I didn't realize that like the sisters got split up. 
You know, like I didn't realize that, you know, one fights for one section of the world and the other fights for another section of the world and that they weren't like because they're very much um, kind of almost attached at the hip in the in the first three episodes. Um, So I kind of thought it was going to be like a coming of age story for them and, you know, family first and all those other kind of things. And where it kind of ended up with with the younger character essentially killing her entire family accidentally and the older sister um, also kind of equally accidentally leaving her behind (laughs) or like allowing her to to kind of be sucked up by by nefarious actors um, was not a direction that I saw them going. It got really dark. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It goes places. People die. Yeah. Uh, you know, loved ones of, of characters die. There are people who had, who seemed to have a lot of, um, like character building happening in the first few episodes. And I thought, well, like, oh, they're obviously going to be with us for a long time. Oh no, he's dead. Okay. That did not go the way I thought it was going to. (laughs) So yeah, it was, um, very surprising to me. I think that they went there and and made the story so much more interesting, right? Because I thought they were going one way and you know me, Ryan, (laughs) like always trying to figure out where things are going and what's happening before it happens. And so I always love when when my entertainment surprises me and Arcane definitely surprised me with the way that they went to to kind of separate the sisters. Yeah, and, and it feels like they really put a lot of emotion into the story. And I'm, again, someone, this is going to come up a lot. As someone who hasn't played League of Legends understands it's um, it has many players that play it. It's one of the most popular games on the planet uh, for good reason uh i just didn't know this story existed but at the end of the day like when you look at this story these first three episodes and the amount of attention to detail they've put into the world and you can kind of think like okay this is probably based on one of the maps they call like the uh the underworld like the lanes which i think is a nice nod to like you know lanes of an of, of a moba but again i don't know i'm just kind of guessing but i think when you look at the amount of work that went into craft this show from a lore perspective, they really crafted each episode, each arc, like this arc specifically. Again, I can't speak to the rest of the season, but I think they really put a lot of effort into just producing like a solid show. Like they didn't just adapt the video game. They made a League of Legends television show. And I think there's a there's a big difference when you look at other properties like i think castlevania is also a very good example of like they made a good castlevania show they didn't make an adaptation of a video game they just made mm-hmm. a really good television show and i think that's the core difference here is like you look at mortal Kombat, uh the one that just came out this year you look at the tomb raider movies those are good adaptations i'm sure uncharted is going to be a good adaptation it's not going to be a good <laughs> you have so much faith <laughs> well, i do not have <laughs> i was about to say i don't think it's going to be a good uncharted movie i think it's just going to be a solid <laughs> adaptation so i think that's the biggest difference here and i think like you even look at what warcraft did that's a a really good attempt at an adaptation but i again like if you sat down and tried to craft like where does the lore of this series belong does it belong in a series and i'm like let's really sit down and craft a really good arc, really good story that fits the medium. And they've, I think they've really nailed it. And they built out this story 
And there's even things that are happening in the background of this arc that have nothing to do or nothing directly to do with at the stage of, you know, the sister's story. I think it was the basically trying to create magic. I think what they were through science is what they were trying yeah, to do. Yeah, trying to harness magic through science. Yeah. Yeah. Like that feels like obviously it's going to come back in other episodes, but that really felt like, again, they've got layers here. It just feels like they really had a good team sit down and like, okay, let's make the best League of Legends television show that we can by taking the time to do it. And, and again, like developing an art style that is unique, you know, to, um, to legal. I don't, I don't think I've seen much of anything that looks like this, that's animated like this. And I think that's the core difference with other adaptations. You can like, oh, it's done in the style of XYZ. I feel like this is done in the style of legal Legends. Arcane. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the only thing I could probably say is like kind of weird. I like Imagine Dragons, but like I think the intro song is a little is a little odd. Okay, yeah. The intro song is weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, as soon as they started into it and like started singing, I'm like, I know who exactly who this is. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there is a lot of music, uh, you know, uh with with lyrics that comes up throughout the series. But for some reason, I think Imagine Dragons doing the intro, like, again, the, the lyrics feels like it fits the world, the story they're telling. But again, it's, I think you're right. It, it is that. It out like a sore thumb. <laughs> yeah, it's that recognizable, like, anthem Style type voice. And yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, very much so. But yeah, so, I mean, if you guys have, have any kind of interest in it, I mean, I know a lot of people have kind of said, like, oh, I'm not a fan of League of Legends. Like, I don't under, I don't know a lot of, like, you don't need any background in the game to enjoy this series for what it is um they kind of give you all the information that you need and if anything it'll create some some real surprising moments for you when you're um when you're going through and watching it and uh, you'll be learning things for the first time like ryan and i are so i think it's uh, definitely something that gets a, a thumbs up recommendation from us like i mean it's not even too like uh, if you're like oh I'm not into anime like it's not even it doesn't even really lean into like heavy into a lot of anime themes like it just it's very um it's just a very pleasing entertaining show honestly mm. um so I really do think you guys should check it out and uh, and let us know what you think if you guys want to join the conversation you can head on over to our discord at bitly/tgi-discord cuz uh, I want to hear from from other people who you know may not be League of Legends fans, but who are enjoying Arcane, because I mean, the more successful stuff like this is, is the more we're going to get it for, you know, some of our other favorite franchises. So I would, uh, I would love, love a Horizon show. Yeah, well. <laughs> That'd be so good. Who knows? Who knows? But um, yeah, I think there's a lot of space still to explore in this kind of like, I guess, media, like other media outside of video games and like bringing a lot of those stories. Because like, oh man, there's so many video games nowadays that are building these huge universes. And I think there's just like, there's just so many ways to explore that content. So um, the more successful things like TV shows are, then the more uh, the more TV shows we're going to get about video games. And I mean, that makes me happy. So mm -hmm. <laughs> speaking of video games, Ryan, what have you actually been playing this week? Yeah, so I have uh, played enough Back for Blood that I feel like I can come on the show and, and talk about Back for Blood. So uh, it's on Game Pass. That's where I've been playing it. Uh, Back for Blood is a sort of... Uh, it's it's by Turtle Rock Studios, which are the folks behind Left for Dead. Um, 
And obviously they couldn't make Left 4 Dead because uh, Left 4 Dead 3 would break the Valve rule of, of making a, a third game in a series. So um, <laughs> they're not allowed to make Dota 3, Half-Life 3, Portal 3, Counter-Strike 3? I guess, I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if that works. But um, yeah, Back for Blood is on Game Pass and uh, it's a great Game Pass game because at the end of the day, uh, and I'm sure you've heard this uh, this thought process on the game, is that it is it is very much like a Left 4 Dead brought to modern consoles with modern systems. It's still very much that Left 4 Dead formula, uh, but with some, you know, fancy 2021 you know, graphics and systems and stuff, which, which do help it, you know, uh, bring it a, a, make it a proper sort of follow-up spiritual successor. Um, but yeah, I'm, I don't know if I would have picked this one up full price. Like as someone who is a a zombie fan, a zombie video game fan, it's tough to look at this and be like, yeah, I I could spend 80 bucks on this, but as a game pass (laughs) game, jumping in, playing some matches, like it's, it's felt like a really good game pass game to jump in and try. Um, Does it have like any kind of solo campaign or anything, or is it just like multiplayer runs? There is a solo campaign. I mean, you are always playing with uh, three other, you know, bots. Oh, um, it's oh bots. Okay. Yeah, the bots are terrible though. So, oh. uh, <laughs> so, uh, so basically, like I've kind of played across. Um, you know, I've played. So there's cross play. So whether you, uh, so for example, I played on the Xbox Series X. Uh, my co-host from Zombies Ate My Podcast, Lou, he's playing on Steam. Um, this is on Game Pass uh, for console and PC. So, and you can kind of have cross-play across all of it, like PlayStation, Xbox, uh, Windows PC, Steam PC, that sort of thing. And uh, it all works. Like, that works really well. And and the we used even the in-game voice chat and had no problems, so that was really good. But the struggle is when you start playing with bots and the game tries to throw... Uh, more interesting challenges your way uh, the bots don't know how to do those challenges so um, the bots are really just like extra guns that are that are running around shooting things and they will they will they will hit their they will land their shots (laughs) basically yeah like they're like turrets turrets that will stand in front of you when you're trying to shoot the enemy as well (laughs) and then they'll like get you in trouble for shooting them it's like look buddy like if you didn't stop right in front of me probably like probably wouldn't have tried to maybe wouldn't have shot you maybe (laughs) exactly so the bots are like not the greatest and i hope i hope they do work on that but essentially the bots will run around and and they will they will fire at the enemies they'll take them down but um they're not very good at the, the they don't do the objective you know they'll be around the objective like you as the player have to you know push the objective either like push a button or um you know pick a pick an item up so one example where I really noticed the bots were a problem, Lou and I had this uh, special objective that was brought forward by the card system. So there's these, like cards you get, and that, that augments your runs. So one of the cards was like, hey, here's a challenge. Like, carry the supplies from one end of the map to the other. So, of course, it spawns two supply crates because there's just two player characters. And, of, of course, like, you can't ask the bots to pick up the the, the boxes. You have to carry them. And then so as you're carrying them, the bots are just kind of like firing wildly at the enemies. And you're like, you're having to literally drop the supplies, shoot, pick up the supplies, move forward. And it's really annoying because it's like the the bots aren't programmed at all to do the objectives. They just sort of follow you around. So that was a struggle we had where it was like, 
this would be more fun if the bots felt like less like AI. Yeah, I I really struggle with with that in video games where like I know I know it's a bot, I know it's AI, but at the end of the day, like I think a good AI, a good bot in a video game is when it's it's hard to tell, you know. But mm-hmm. in in this game, the bots are like warping to your side. They are just firing wildly. They're constantly getting in your in your line of fire. It, it's a struggle. Um, and I think that's where the game falters. But really, like, they've put forward this this game that is best enjoyed playing four-player co-op with your friends. Because um, even playing with strangers is tough because you have people who aren't, who are just running ahead or, or know the map so well that they're running so far ahead and you end up uh, getting incapacitated and no one's there to rescue you, right? Uh, so if you take enough damage, you go down and you need someone to actually physically pick you up. Or else you'll you'll die, and then you'll have to respawn further down the map. So, like all these issues that come up with these type of games. So, of course, like the best way to play is with with two or three other friends. Yeah, um, actual people. <laughs> exactly, and again, that's not really a fault of the game, but I I do really hope that these types of games do a bit to even out the odds for people who, you know. Not necessarily don't have three other friends that want to play this. <laughs> they need to make allowances for people who have no friends. <laughs> and I mean, they've done that with, with crossplay. Because again, that's my biggest barrier that I have is like, I think when the game got announced, I was like, oh, great, Game Pass. And Lou does not do Game Pass. Um, he's like, well, I'm going to buy it on Steam. And I'm like, well, I hope there's crossplay because I'm playing on Game Pass. <laughs> and I've been playing on the console more. So we'll see how that goes. And of course, they announced crossplay when that was very helpful. Um but yeah, like I just I I want to see more work done to make it viable and fun for two players to play through the co-op campaign. Um, I think back to like uh, I think Halo did a very good job at scaling. If you had two to four players when you were going through co-op, Gears did it as well. Where if you only had one instead of the full three set, right? Like. The AI is not the AI is designed to just fill the gap. It's not designed to to actually place another player there. And I hope there's more work done there because it is pretty it's pretty low in terms of like the intelligence side of the uh, the bot. Um, but we did have a lot of fun. And again, like I said, they they've done a lot of work. It feels very Left for Dead, but they've like added. Um, more modern systems so you're upgrading your weapons so all the weapons you're not just i think in left for dead like you found upgraded versions of the weapons you were carrying so like in the first tier of the map you'd have a normal pistol and the second tier of the map you'd find a better pistol and then so on and so forth in this one you kind of stick with a gun or one or two guns and then you're finding like better and better um add-ons for that weapon so like a better scope a better ammo clip and you're you're augmenting your weapons as you go forward and then there are like uh there's like a coin system where you can buy like upgrades for the whole team so for example like one of the upgrades is you everyone carries two grenades instead of one so it upgrades that sort of like ammo slot uh, like special ammo slot so that's really cool so like they've done a lot to make it a better a more modern experience so like there's a lot to like here, especially if you want like a like a more recent Left for Dead take. So it definitely scratches uh, that itch for sure. Um, and there's more of a campaign. Like I, I don't know if you played Left for Dead, um, 
but it was more of like an anthology series. They kind of told like a, like one short story, like one, they were all escaping. You were escaping from something like you were starting from point A, working your way to point B. And then there was this big scenario at the end that had you escaping. In this, it's like, it's a full campaign where you are experiencing a story of you working your way through this, this, uh, you know, you're working from your base at Fort Hope and, uh, kind of trying to figure out a way to like, um, you know, support survivors and and working through your story that way. I guess the, uh, the zombie apocalypse had kind of like subsided a bit, but now it's kind of like risen back up. So you're trying to figure out why (laughs) the zombies are, are suddenly coming back in full force. Um, so again, like the story is kind of told in a linear fashion as opposed to being like more of a, like an anthology, like just, just having cool scenarios. So it is really cool to see that like continuous story being told with these characters and it's very cinematic. They've done a great job there and, um, they have a really good checkpointing system so that if you start a run with friends, you can save, you can basically say like, that's a run that I want to save so I can come back to that run with my friends or I can like pick up for where we left off with AI or pick up where we left off with, uh, with matchmaking with randos. So like, there's a lot of flexibility there and you can like duplicate runs. You can create new runs based on how far you've gotten. So for example, like I did a run with just randos and then I took where we, where we left off and kind of applied it to, um, where Lou and I wanted to start and like it's very flexible on that on that side too. So they've got a lot of good systems there. I just think there there needs to be more work done on that AI because it's like it's pretty painful if you're <laughs> playing with less than three people. So yeah. you feel it. Uh, but it is fun and it's a great Game Pass game. So again, like That's good. yeah, I'm glad you're getting like Game Pass value. <laughs> it feels like almost every week we're talking about something else you're playing on Game Pass, which is great. <laughs> well, you know what? It's funny because like I, they're always adding new stuff, and there's there's always something to play there. It's like it's kind of crazy the value of Game Pass and the fact that they strategically add games like Back for Blood. Uh, I think Outriders was another one where it seems like oh that's a great get, but then you really think about it, it's like no, it makes perfect sense to inject like an 18 million subscriber base into a um a games as a service game like uh back mm-hmm. for blood isn't really like games as a service but like it's a multiplayer focused game that thrives on having an active community yeah um so it only makes sense to to throw it to game pass and a lot of people might be like oh that kind of devalues the game but like no it's i mean look at outriders just got announced they had a big free update coming plus a paid expansion next year when the news at launch was like, yeah, no, it's complete. We don't have any plans for DLC. We'll see how it does, though. And then, you know, it did really well. Exactly. So, again, like the value of, of Game Pass is there. And of course, you look at Nintendo and PlayStation, there's a value in producing like high end AAA experiences as well that that are costing you 80 to 90 dollars. Like, yeah, I mean, it's nice that we have all these different approaches and it's it's nice that every platform is kind of trying to do their own thing and game pass is great and we'll talk about another game pass game next week when i've had more time driving in forza horizon 5 i'm terrible at driving but (laughs) who isn't terrible at driving in video games (laughs) yeah i'm just i don't know and these cars pop up i don't know anything we'll talk about that next week and uh hopefully gets a little bit more time in it 
Um, speaking of time, it's kind of coming up on on time for for another stream soon, isn't it? For uh, Extra Life, isn't it? Is it? I, I mean, we should probably figure out something. Um, I don't know. Oh. You, you... <laughs> I totally, for some reason, I thought that there was something happening on the 26th. <laughs> I oh God, don't know why there? that's in my head. I should Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Okay. So that was actually a terrible segue, but uh, we did hit our team goal, but some of the members of our team are still working towards their individual goals. So if you want to head over to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2021, you can support anyone over on our TGI team. We appreciate all the support we've gotten this year. Uh, we will have more streams for you. Uh, apparently, I'm just crazy. No, uh, but yeah. <laughs> Maybe now we have to do something that day. Oh, man. No. <laughs> um, but yeah. So anyways, we will have a couple more streams for you before the end of the year. Um, but do go and check it out and support some of the team members who have yet to hit their goal. That brings us to the news section of this show this week. And Man, I just, oh man, I've been dreading this. Honestly, I wish, I wish we could go any real stretch of time, yeah, <laughs> really. Like, I was going to say a week, but I mean, like, oh, even just a couple weeks, a month, I don't know, without talking about just the total fuckwads at Activision Blizzard. Like, there's just, there's no other term for them. Like, I just, oh man, I'm so. I'm so over this. I'm so angry. Like, they've done it again. Who's surprised? Absolutely no one. So there's a Wall Street Journal report that came out today, um, basically with a whole bunch of internal documents and statement from staff, um, including, I think we talked about her uh, last week or the week before, um, but Jen O'Neill, who stepped down from the co-lead position at Blizzard. um, So she and Mike Yabara, um, had basically taken over after JL and Brack was fired or stepped down or, you know, however that actually happened. Um, and so they had taken over the lead of Blizzard and she only lasted a couple of months. Um, so she's also quoted in this article as well and basically came out that she wasn't paid as much as her co-lead, the dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, the person of... Oh, God. When I hear co-lead, I hear like, these are two people that are co-leading. They have the same position. yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like... Same responsibilities, like same job title. Oh, man. So, yeah, there's that. But uh, the broader picture, really, the article in general was about Bobby Kotick and... Um, highlighting the ways that he essentially knew for years and years and years about sexual misconduct happening within the company. Um, and I mean, there's some absolutely horrid stories in this Wall Street Journal report. Like if you thought that what came out in July was bad, like it's just gotten worse. And it's really, really frustrating um, from an outside perspective. I know it's very frustrating from an inside perspective. Um, I do have a lot of friends that work at Blizzard. And, oh, man, the employees are not happy. And uh, they actually staged another walkout today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was another walkout. I think they had a couple hours to organize it. And they had like 100 to 200 people show up. And... Uh, this Which is, is pretty impressive considering a lot of them are still working from home because of COVID. Of course, yeah, that was something that was uh, that was highlighted uh, the, in the coverage. And I think that uh, also there was an there was a separate walkout um, at a, the um, 
QA office uh, for Activision Blizzard. I don't know exactly where it was, but it was not in California, but another sort of other office within the uh, Activision Blizzard. Is that Blizzard. one of the offices that's down in Austin? Maybe. Um, I'm trying to remember if it was Austin or like... I'm not I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I think they also have an office in one of the M states. Minnesota. Could have been. Or... Montana. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Honestly, my American geography is not very good. <laughs> yeah, no. It, mine isn't either. I know it wasn't in California. It was It was like sort of separate from... Yeah, they do have some satellite offices. I think a lot of their contract workers... Like, I know the office that you're talking about. I just can't remember exactly where it is. But it's where a lot of their contract workers are, which is a lot of their customer service and a lot of their QA. Um, I yeah. know I know the office you, you mean. I just I can't remember where it is for the life of me. <laughs> yeah, so it's... It's um, the employees are obviously they are at this point demanding that Kotick uh, resign. And I think if you read this story and again, I wouldn't blame you if you, if you didn't want to and you just wanted the de- like the high level details. Basically, at the end of the day, like Kotech needs to resign. Like there was talk that this is a zero zero tolerance policy uh, going forward. And the fact that he is uh, he's not subjecting himself to that same zero tolerance is is. It's just, it's baffling. Um, and well, I think it's super hypocritical, right? Of course. It's like, it's, there's zero tolerance and the rules absolutely apply unless somebody I like gets in trouble and then we're going to have some tolerance. Like, it's just ridiculous. So, um, yeah, it's, and the other thing that's super frustrating is not only the message that was released internally that um, kind of caused the staff to to want to walk out again, but also um, the message from the board basically backing Bobby Kotick and saying, you know, like he's committed to making this a better place. And it's like, no one believes that. No one believes that. Like the, the things that he and like his management team and his HR department covered up over the, over the years is just absolutely disgusting. Yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's very, and I mean, their shares took a drop of six or seven dollars a share or something today. And it just, it's one of those things that, like, when you see the board and the shareholders still backing the CEO, it just, it makes me feel like nothing's going to change. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, f- I felt bad, like, in Discord, there, there was, uh, I think everyone's kind of feeling like, oh, okay, we're going to, we have to talk about this again. And it came up and, and people, well, of course, this has got to be it. This is the moment where, where they fire Kotech. And I think the, the news had just come out from the board. And I'm like, oh, sorry, guys, but I'm going to throw this link in here and no one's going to be happy about it. And it was essentially the opposite. It's it's yeah. the board saying that they're going to they stand by him. And it's like at this stage, can you not look at what's going on? And, and I don't think they can. I think I, no one should be I, I shouldn't be surprised to to hear this news and then, of course, that's the response Kodak is going to have. Of course, that's the response the board is going to have. Like, at this stage, it's 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 rotten at the top. And I, I don't know what fixes that. If they're not willing to fix it themselves, like, the, the people who can fix it, which are the executives there, and they're not going to do it. Uh, I mean, at this stage, like, the, the employees, I think, are fed up. And there was this walkout. And we'll see, uh, obviously... Um, management of blizzard or activision blizzard was was supportive of the walkout they wanted to hear from people they wanted to you know try to address the situation 
that frustrates me too, because then it's like, if you, whenever a company quote unquote supports your walkout, it's like, is it actually getting anything done? Like, mm. I think really and truly what needs to happen is that company needs to unionize. Yeah. And I think that I've said it before. I think they're the, they're one of the, they're one of the few companies I think that are capable of it. Um, you know, they're not, uh, they're they're not as big as like the playstation studios the the microsoft's the nintendo's of the world but they are big enough where they are sort of their own entity uh but without and and enough has happened where i think a majority of staff would support unionization and i mean the the twitter accounts that represent the the group of of abk are now at this stage like and have been for a while saying like okay the next step is unionization so i think they're gonna go that route and i think like they're one of the few companies that they just they can't they can't fire away the problem like Mm. they're such a big beast that if they were to fire all their employees and try to start from scratch it just wouldn't you can't close world of warcraft that's the it's a live service game you can't close world of warcraft right it's it's not an option for activision blizzard um, that is a machine they need to keep running. I mean, it's hard to say whether they they have been running it, but I mean, they are running it. They're they're making more content. So, but to close that studio down because they they threaten unionization, like it's, I don't think that's an option for them. So, like they they have to have meaningful conversation with the employees, and they've they've uh, they've met some of their demands, but. Yeah, it's the kind of well, and this is this is what I think is so frustrating about all of this information coming out is that you're right. Like they did put out um, like a, a memo or whatever from um, I think it was actually from Bobby Kotek uh, a couple of weeks ago that was basically like we've heard all of your um, like the problems that you have, like we've heard you. We know like here's the the things that a better Activision Blizzard was kind of asking for. And this is how we're addressing the things that the employees want. And it seemed like a, you know, positive um, direction. Like it seemed like maybe they were actually listening and then like to find out something as fucked up as putting a woman in charge and paying her less. (laughs) Like when she's in a co-lead position after after the state of California has filed a fucking lawsuit against you for exactly this thing. Yeah. (laughs) Just the fucking balls. And just like, I just don't understand how they can just kind of like shrug it off and be like, (laughs) Bobby be Bobby. (laughs) Like, Like, it just makes me think like, you guys are, and, and I mean, not that I had a whole lot of faith in them anyways at this point, but it's like there was this tiny little beacon of like, maybe they're listening and maybe they will actually make some changes. And all of that just got thrown out the <laughs> thrown out the window today. Like, just, I don't believe a thing they say now at all. Like, ugh. Yeah. And, and th- that's totally 100% the thing. Like, I mean, you, you have co-leads, you, you, uh, you easily there's no rules against you know paying them the exact same like there's there's just it seems you're absolutely right it seems like you're just you're not understanding the problem if you're not if you're not even addressing it in this specific instance like and and the fact that they didn't yeah like this was a stupid easy win yeah like 
hey, let's put two people in charge. Like one of them's a guy, one of them's a woman and just pay them the same. They are super high, like uh, visibility, you know, like it could have just been a dead easy win. And yet for all of the same reasons that apply to every other woman in that company, they found like loopholes to pay her less. And it's just so frustrating. Like, oh God. Yeah. I mean, you think <sighs> you think someone would have said something, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing that bothers me. And, and it just goes back to the, it goes back to the, the, they say, oh, the board saying like, well, we have, we have, we stand by Coda. We, we feel like he can make change. It's like, well, n- no, he had a chance. Yeah. He, you, this, this proves that he did not make change. Yeah, he literally appointed those two people and sh- and paid the woman less. Yeah. That is his change. That happened in August. Yeah. Like, of this year. That is not something in the past that is post-lawsuit filing. Like, that was his shot. <laughs> like, even without all the other things that the employees want, even with all the other issues, like, that was the one chance that he had to do right, and he chose to do wrong. So... Get the fuck out. I'm done with you. Yeah. And I think if there's one thing that can be said about this specific story is I know a lot of people when it when it hit, there was um, a lot of people saying, well, this will blow over. That's probably what Activision Blizzard was thinking. But I have it's to, what I thought, honestly. Yeah. I have to hand it to the employees that work there. The the journalists that cover the industry, um, they've really kept it uh front and center of people's minds it's it has not left um Mm -hmm. the the conversation and i think that's really important uh, momentum to to keep talking about it to keep uh keep highlighting and and everything that's happened it's just it's it it is kind of baffling that that things keep coming up you you keep thinking like okay like uh, everything's out there that's out there and now we can just we can focus on addressing the problem but the problems just uh keep being revealed and i think that's yeah it's it's really hard to address the problem when the problem is at the very very top right like who's who's gonna make change if not the ceo um i mean you just like when everything has to kind of pass through him and he's the one in the end who you know approves policy approves the direction of the company like that's that's his role right is like big overarching like visions for for activision blizzard and when he's the guy covering up rapes like that's not okay like that's not gonna change like nothing like he needs to be gone and new leadership needs to be put in place yeah i i mean like this might be you know naive of me to say but I I think he will be gone. Like again, like we're covering something that's happened that literally happened today as we're recording, and I and I think there's still more to come from this story. I I don't think he'll resign. I don't. I think it'll. I don't think it'll happen next week. But I don't see Bobby Kodak staying the CEO of Activision for much longer. That could be a month. That could be a year. If he if he stays, the longer he stays there, the worse this gets for um the management of this company you know like yeah i just don't see like the damage is done from the perspective of like having a ceo that people uh and maybe people never trusted him i know a lot of people you know didn't trust him didn't like him but at the end of the day like i I think like 
he's he's done it's just a matter of time uh they're they're probably making things worse by like trying to save face but like this story is very damning and there's it it's just yeah there's no i don't think he lasts longer than a year no i I, but if he does ugh. I would like to think so. I like, I mean, it's the kind of thing where, I mean, I, I just, I hope you're right, Ryan. I hope you're right. I mean, I, I didn't think um, that Jab would leave and, you know, like he, he ended up not lasting. So there's that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like um, Kotek is just a little bit more untouchable, especially like with the statement from the board today. Um, I mean, unless. Like I said, their stock price did dip today. And uh, I think unless that um, continues to be a trend, um, if they do, you know, drop down to, you know, maybe even the $50 mark, like I don't remember the last time their stock was that low, maybe that'll be enough to to kick them out. But um, yeah, it's going to come down to uh, to stock prices, I think. And um yeah, that's that's a little bit frustrating for I know for the employees and and definitely from a, from a consumer perspective. So, but we'll see what happens. Maybe uh, maybe you're right. Maybe he does only have a year left, and <laughs> then we'll get somebody new who will actually make change. But let's talk about something fun. Let's talk about something nice. Let's talk about some game awards. <laughs> yeah, who won so, this? Year? Uh, well, <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. Oh. Uh, so uh, the Game Awards, the show is going to be on December 9th, and uh, they have announced the nominees. So you guys can go and vote right now at thegameawards.com slash nominees. But um, there's actually um, the one category I did want to talk about is Game of the Year, because um, it's kind of um, been a quiet year, I guess. Or I don't know. I was surprised by the games in this category, I guess. So their games of the year are Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank, and Resident Evil Village. Hmm. Are any, like, and I, and to be honest, I couldn't even think, especially it was Cyberpunk having such a terrible uh, launch, there isn't really anything else that I kind of go, oh, this game is is a glaring omission i'm kind of like i was thinking back on the year and i'm like i don't actually know what i would change (laughs) yeah i think i think it's a solid uh list of game of the year nominees obviously people are going to have their their um personal sort of opinion and and there are some games that probably made it close like i think a lot of people really liked returnal um, a lot of people are, are digging the new Guardians game. And they got some nods in other categories, for sure, um, like uh, genre-specific categories. Yeah, yeah. But I think this list is like, it, it's a good top six. Like, you've got some uh, you've got some smaller titles in there with It Takes Two. I would even consider, in regards to all the other ones, like Psychonauts 2 to be also like a, a different... A smaller, yeah. Yeah, like a, a smaller game. I know it's a Microsoft-published game. They're Microsoft-owned now, but still, I think it's in comparison to Resident Evil Village, Metroid Dread, Deathloop. Like, it's it's a smaller, a, a smaller you know, team for sure. But, uh, yeah, these, these definitely stood out as the highlights for the year, I think. Um, uh, you know, RE Village, I think, is, is kind of surprising. Um because I think maybe, yeah, seeing It Takes Two and Resident Evil Village being included on this list is what made me kind of like raise an eyebrow and think, oh, 
Yes, it's been a slow year just because It Takes Two is is such a small kind of experience. And I know it was quite well received. Matt and I didn't make it very far. And uh, it was <laughs> totally because so, so Matt is my husband. And I don't know if you guys have played It Takes Two. But um, basically, the game starts with the, um, the main characters are a married couple who then are basically like, Ger arg, we hate each other. Let's get divorced. And I said to Matt, because I knew nothing about it. And he kept saying to me, like, oh, we've got to play. We've got to play. We've got to play. We should play this game. And I'm just like, are you trying to tell me something? Like, is this your secret? We should get divorced, like, lesson? Like, what are you trying to tell me right now? Um, so we we only played a couple of hours. And it's fun. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really funny. I keep, I keep saying to her, I was like, oh, do you want to pick up the divorce game again? Was that fun for you? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, I'm just being a jerk. Like, we're our, our, my marriage is fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I think I tried to play this with Ashley as well. Uh, they had a, a chapter one demo. I know it's on Game Pass now. So like, there's no excuse. Mm-hmm. I, I could go back to it. Um, but yeah, it is a game that is very much set up as like, two parents that are about to get divorced and uh, their kid basically uh, wishes them into toys or they get turned in. I can't remember. They get turned into toys. But like, I think like the, the concept of the game, the reason it's on this list is I think because of the, the co-op nature of the game, uh, yes, the puzzling, yeah. the story and stuff. But like all these games feel like really good choices for game of the year. I know Deathloop was um, highly regarded as like a, like an evolution of, of first person shooters and, and providing, you know, a, a good twist on what is frankly an overdone genre. Right. And, uh, you know, return of ratchet and clank return of Metroid. It's always good to see a Nintendo nod there. Cause again, it can be easy to leave Nintendo off this list from a game of the year perspective. Cause like they kind of make their own games. And I think Metroid dread is probably the closest thing to like other platform type games. Like, there really isn't like an equivalent Mario, an equivalent Zelda. Like they all kind of, they don't quite match other other uh, platform titles. But I think like Metroid Dread is like it's probably the closest thing you could see being made by another studio, um, because it was. But uh, yeah, like <laughs> it's it's a good list, and I always like the Game Awards. I always, you know, I have to, you know, you check your expectations going into the show because it is very much like part awards, part advertising, and. Uh, it's a little weird, but um, I think, yeah, you can go vote. And I think uh, user votes count towards like 10%. It's kind of like a like a sway vote, I guess, in terms of uh, how they rank things. But uh, And I think there might be one category that is solely voted on by uh, the public. It might be more of like a, like a person of the year award or something. I can't remember, but um i don't usually vote do you usually vote do you go in here and vote i, I kind of vote in my head i don't really go through the process of signing in and... um i think i i have in past years i'm not sure if i'm going to this year just because um like i i don't honestly know who i would vote for like i felt like i played a lot of things this year but then like looking at the list i'm like oh man i've only played like one or two of these titles which has happened in in previous years as well but it just seemed uh yeah like more so this year for some reason mm-hmm. yeah I, I and again like i i think i missed out on some some big titles too like uh i think on this list i've only played you know metro dread and ratchet and clank um i played a little bit of psychonauts too 
Um, and I guess I did experience Resident Evil Village <laughs> through Scott's stream, but... Uh, I was going to say, yeah, I definitely watched a, a start-to-finish stream of, of Resident Evil, so I feel like even though I didn't put hands to keyboard, I still played it, air quotes. <laughs> I yeah. experienced it anyways, more so than I've ever experienced any other um, Resident Evil game, so <laughs> I feel like... I could definitely like I have I have thoughts and opinions on it. Um, <laughs> I don't necessarily think it's the it, it has some issues. I'll put it that way. I was going to say I don't think it's game of the year, but maybe on that list it is. <laughs> maybe I could see it being thrown in there for sure. Like, yeah, uh, I, I mean, it was definitely different from uh, Resident. It was like uh, it felt less scary, honestly, mm. um, than a lot of the other stuff that I've seen. It was um, a little bit more like open. Yes. Yeah, it was. It was more open. Which I, I'm not necessarily claustrophobic, but I do feel like when video when horror games put you in a small space, I find that way more terrifying than like big open villages, say. <laughs> yeah, and I think that was seven. So it was a it was more of a Resident Evil four take, like more of an open environment. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, it's a it's a good list. Obviously we'll cover the news um when when the show drops December 9th. Uh, I mean, Keeley, the hype man's out there saying, oh, it's going to be a big oh, yeah. year for 2022, <laughs> 2023. I think 2022 is going to be absolutely packed. Like, I <laughs> wouldn't be surprised if some of the, the games that are like talking about releasing in 2022 push back just because like it's so stacked that like if you want your game to be seen, 2022 is probably not the year. There's just going to be too much um, because like everybody's kind of catching up now from the pandemic. So Man, it's just it is going to be an insane year for gaming, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yep. February, especially for sure. Yes. Uh, yeah. So um, there was a, one other story that is worth noting here that uh, Xbox celebrated its uh, 20th anniversary. And they had a which made me feel super old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get I I was there, too, where I was like 20 years. Wow, that that's to me, it seems like not long enough. Uh, but then again, like when you think about it, like that's four generations of consoles. So like, I guess it makes sense. Um, let's just not even think about any Nintendo related anniversaries and we'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they had a, a, a one hour stream where they kind of showcased, uh, they, they look back, they look forward. Um, I really like sort of documentaries about video game history. Uh, I watched the... Um, I think it was console wars. It was, it was, it's on, it was, it was a book and then they made it into a documentary and, uh, it was about, um, Sega versus Nintendo. Um, and there's been a couple of the, that one I think is on, uh, crave in Canada and it might be like paramount something in the States, but, uh, it's, it was really good. Uh, but Xbox is doing their own sort of documentary of the story of Xbox, which is going to premiere December 13th. I think the trailer was really cool. It kind of looks at the, you know, the start of Xbox and how like internally that was a, it was like kind of a, a ragtag team kind of trying to put together this project um, of a console. And like, it wasn't probably something that would have been uh, seen as a, a surefire hit within the company that made Excel and windows, you know, yeah. they kind of <laughs> had their market figured out and, uh, to kind of does it have spreadsheets then no one's gonna buy it 
<laughs> and you know it's funny like they make that joke in in the documentary so again like it really it really looks cool i'm looking forward to watching it so i'll, I'll watch it and report back here so that'll be uh december 13th and um it'll be on youtube and a bunch of streaming services so you don't have to worry about having to subscribe to anything you can just watch it um but speaking of subscribing, you're going to have to subscribe to Paramount Plus if you want to watch the uh, new Halo TV series, which we finally got our first live action teaser. And I, I did ask Jocelyn to watch it before we, we talked about this because it's very short, but like it basically gave you a look at um, the the Master Chief armor and, uh, and, and gave you an idea of like what that was going to look like. Yeah, I was like, it was funny that you wanted me to watch it because like there wasn't much to it. It's like a 40 second long teaser trailer and 25 seconds of that is the Halo logo. (laughs) Like (laughs) there's 10 to 15 seconds of like some dude's back and then some armor as he kind of puts it on. And then, you know, there's like one line of dialogue. So um, yeah, it's, the teaseriest of all teaser trailers like uh, the, uh it was just insane <laughs> yeah so again like i think it's uh it, it's it's setting the tone uh with the music and like the licensed music and the and, and they've brought back the the original voice actress for uh cortana which i think is jen taylor um there's no talk of like whether uh, i think master chief is going to have a different voice because they'll probably have the actor um do the voice uh mm-hmm. within the suit which i'm totally fine with um i think it's the guy oh, man i don't know i don't know who the guy is but i think he was in american gods um i can't remember his name though but uh that's not very helpful but I, i'm looking forward to it i think it's like this is a teaser that's just showcasing like hey guys it really is happening and it's happening next year and doesn't uh master chief look cool so there was that but um the big news was that they they launched uh, Halo Infinite multiplayer like a month early, and it's out now. Like you can go download and play it. That was a huge, huge thing that kind of came out of nowhere. Is everyone was like, "Oh, you can play Halo now." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like they they've talked a lot about this being a free to play Halo multiplayer. So like the idea of them launching it separately um, early, it's technically in beta, but like. Um, it's it's out like you can play what is essentially going to launch on december 8th and mm-hmm. uh they've always been represented as different games uh within the game pass app within the microsoft store uh so there will be like the halo infinite campaign that launches on december 8th but there is the multiplayer that you can start right now has all the progression that will carry over into launch on december 8th there's no difference there so essentially you are playing the same multiplayer and they will tweak as needed but yeah it's uh it, it was rumored that it was going to happen and and they did it and it's, it's kind of like it's it's a you know an interesting representation of what we can do now in video games where like it is more modular and for microsoft to basically say like no nah, i think this is ready let's just put it out and i mean it's free to play so you're not like you're not hurting your suppliers you're not hurting like the eb games of the world <laughs> uh, by putting this thing out for free on your system like it's it's uh it's really cool that they're able to do it and that they they did do it because you could see like a, a lot of companies being like well it's done should we just put it out mm-hmm. no we gotta wait we gotta wait till we we said it was coming out the eighth it's gotta come out the eighth let's go take a 
well they wouldn't take a vacation they'd they'd probably keep working on the game but uh yeah <laughs> i haven't had a chance to play it i downloaded take a vacation it. video game developers don't get vacations ryan I come know. on <laughs> I know. sorry but uh they should take a vacation i think they should um so yeah i haven't had a chance to play it i i really do want to check it out um so I'll, I'll probably report back on that. But uh, yeah, it's it's out there. People are really enjoying it. I know there's been some issues with progression with the Battle Pass, but I think that uh, 343 Industries has already stated, like, we're going to look into that. We'll we'll try to figure it out, make it better, make it more fun. And yeah, so yeah, it was a good, I think it was a good press conference. And they set, you know, the tone by saying no new games will be announced. This is very much focused on the history of Xbox. So yeah, it's a it's a really, really big deal for people, I think, right now to be setting expectations because otherwise, man, the Internet tears you apart. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's definitely not fair by any stretch of the imagination. But yeah, when uh, when you say that you're having any kind of event now and you don't come out and announce the thing that the Internet wants, oof, they do not have a lot of uh, <laughs> like slack to cut you for sure. So saying, you know, like, no games, just Xbox. I think it was a really good call. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think it's a, it was a very and it was a, it was a it was a a very positive stream. I think it really everyone really enjoyed it. So um, it was a good celebration of Xbox. And um, yeah, here's to twenty more years. Hooray! <laughs> well, uh, there are twenty more years of Xbox, but definitely not twenty more years of this show. We are done for the week. Um, again, uh, if you'd like to join the conversation, you can go over to our Discord at bitly/tgi Discord. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Ryan is Dara Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show over at the Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at the Gamers Inn. And don't remember. And don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> And remember to tune in next week. Please remember. <laughs> Oops. Bye, everybody. We'll be back next week. 